0: This is Internet Marketing. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Internet Marketing brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. I'm Andy White. And I'm Kelvin Newman and t- I've developed a bit of a croak. Have you, yes. We're both a bit croaky
1: today, yeah. aren't we? Yes.
0: <laughs> um, Yes, uh, seven, is it seven, or, or frequently asked yeah, questions I think for SEO. I've got seven. I, I, I sometimes get confused on the we way. Didn't count I,
1: them. I, I counted initially, but who knows what could happen between now and then. No, so um, basically, I, I quite often get asked a lot of questions um, working for an SEO agency, well, a digital marketing agency, that have in the past specialised in SEO. And I wanted to share... Some of those questions, um, so if you are working with an agency, how I would respond to those. Um, Or if you're kind of a punter who might be working with an SEO agency, potentially, hopefully, saving you asking those questions as well. So the first of those is, how long does SEO take? And with a classic SEO answer, that is, it depends. Is it as long as a piece of string? Sort of, yeah. But budget helps. So generally... The more you tend to spend, the more resource you buy, the more resource you have, the quicker the results tend to come in. but there are still some limits to that um you can 't be too aggressive, and a lot of the um, you know more recent updates of Google um have kind of come about because and the people have been penalized the people have been too aggressive and if they've perhaps been a little bit more patient um, they wouldn't have seen the problems and you know a lot of the times when we 've had clients come to us who have um you know, being affected by particularly Penguin and some of the kind of more manual link spam warnings um, which are out there at the moment, um, it's because they've been too aggressive. Um, But I would say if after, if you aren't seeing results after sort of three months, you know, you might begin to ask a few questions, but it could take years um, so spread your risk um, as well. So, I mean, for example, um, you know, it's not particularly unusual for a campaign that's got a lot, of um, you know, really competitive space like mortgages, you're not going to get on the first page of mortgages in three months. But you would hope is if you're fiftieth after three months' work, you might be making some movement upwards from there, even if you aren't indeed top of those results as well. So next to my question is, well, should I stop building links with articles slash directory slash infographic slash whatever is the thing that most recently there's been people doing that? Now Google may appear to be targeting certain link building methods, but the thing to remember is what they're actually targeting is not article links or directory links or links from infographics or guest posts. What they're actually targeting is poor links. So I would say don't worry too much about the method. Instead, worry about the intent and the outcome. So instead of the question being, should I be doing more or less article links or more or less directories or infographics or guest posts? In fact, it's like do less rubbish ones and do more good ones. Um Okay, maybe the question is, what's a poor link? Well, my impression, and I've said this before, a poor link is one that perhaps you'd struggle to explain to your MD or to your boss or to a colleague. Um, if the link is only there and you're, if you are if you show them a link, they say, well, why have you got that link? And you say, for SEO reasons, that's not a good link, right? Or one where, well, yeah, maybe it isn't a good site, but at least it's got some SEO value. They're the links that are the ones you need to worry about as well. Um, where should I be spending my SEO budget? That's another very common question we get asked. Well, again, short answer to that is content, content, content. Um, okay, it's not actually quite that simple. Um, but you know, sorting out all your on-site issues should always take precedence over kind of any content marketing or any off-site mm. link building. Um, but good content takes time, especially as more people are kind of involved um, in signing off that process in traditional link building. That's sometimes a problem that can arise that you want to try and avoid.
0: Is this another way of saying content is king? No, the, I'm not, the overused i no
1: I'm not saying that at all I mean what I'm saying is that um you know you, there yes you should spend your budget on content, but you need to understand that whereas in the past if you've done link building you just set someone off to do link building and they could do that in isolation. Um, that's not the case with content because people are going to want to sign off content. People are going to want to have a say in content. People are going to want to f- talk about the tone of voice or the language that you're using. They're going to want to proof and check it in a way that is important, but that takes time. So you need to be prepared for that as well. Um, and actually kind of the good content without promotion or outreach is I think kind of one of the saddest missed opportunities in digital marketing. I'm seeing more and more sites where they've kind of got, okay, yeah, we need to invest in content, you know, cause content's important in, uh, proving successful online. Um, and then they do nothing with it. They don't tell anybody about that content. And you can tell them about that in a number of different ways. One is you build up an audience on your own site and put it in front of them. You build up an email list and share it with them. You pitch it independently to kind of bloggers and influencers online, or you buy pay-per-click adverts or Facebook adverts or outbrain adverts or stumble upon advertising. Just, you know, don't produce good content and just assume that somehow people are going to come across it. You've got to have a marketing plan for that content as well. Um. Another question I'm very frequently asked is Is link building dead? Particularly because I've kind of, you know, um, written about link building quite a lot in the past. Well, there's been some great um, reports from people like Search Metrics that they've released um, that show social signals are really well correlated with high rankings. But in this case, I don't think it's correlation, right? Uh, sorry, there is correlation, but there's not causation. Yes, there may be some connection between um, SEO and social, and they should be well integrated, but that doesn't mean you should forget about link building. Um, there's an equally, you know, so they. You get these studies, search metrics have done some, SEO mods have done some, where they say pages with more Facebook likes rank higher. That doesn't mean Facebook, link, um, Facebook links make them rank higher. It just means that content that tends to get performed, that does well on uh, Facebook, tends to also perform well in search engines. Doesn't mean the two cause one another. And equally, you can make the argument that, hey, don't bother with Facebook marketing, because if you rank well on Google, you're going to rank get shares. That doesn't, isn't true either. Um, In fact, what it's about is just producing good content and trying to understand that as well. Um, And as link building becomes harder, there's actually an argument that it might become a better signal for Google, right? So if they wipe out all the low-end link building that everyone was doing in the past, there's a pretty strong argument, I think, that actually link building becomes more effective because if it's harder and harder to produce bad links, the links that are out there, there's fewer and fewer, and they're only tending to go to the good websites as well. And I think to say um, links are... You know, dead signals wrong. Um, And I wouldn't write the epitaph for links yet. That's what Matt Cutts said on fifth of June, twenty twelve. So you know, he doesn't think that they're dead. He doesn't think that they're going anywhere. Yes, sometimes Google tell you what you want to hear um, rather than what is perhaps the truth. But generally speaking, I don't think that link building is dead as yet. Another question connected to that is, you know, how you know what links? How you know what type of links should I be building and how do I go about them? Again, I've said this in a few episodes recently. Uh, Google isn't the enemy; they're just the referee. Um, and every decision in your campaign you make should be made with an understanding and appreciation of what your competitors are doing. Right? So it's not Google you're trying to beat; it's your competitors you're trying to beat. Um, so know where they are strong in their link building, and in uh, you know when deciding what type of link building you should do, know where they're strong and react defensively, but also know where they're weak. Right? So if they're really really strong on authority links from uh, well established sites, you need to be doing that to stand a competition against them but don't do just that because that's only going to get you to the same place they are you need to be looking where they're weak maybe they have very few social signals or new links that are coming in from well indexed quickly spidered content from you know topical sites that um you know Google look too frequently if they've not getting if they're not getting those types of links you need to be able to um and I think the days of bad links um, you know are, are looking dead you know there's no, no point in building bad links anymore and actually, I think it's increasingly the days of you know good links are numbered as well. In fact, what you need to be thinking about is concentrating on amazing links, so links that are truly exceptional from really, really trusted websites that are going to send huge amounts of traffic relative to your niche and that are really trusted and visited by real people and if you're building links that are going to send people to your site, people who might buy then that's a good proxy of the right types of links to be building that Google want you to do. Um, Another question I'm asked is, you know, how do you predict search traffic? Well, if you're looking for an accurate and reliable way of forecasting SEO traffic, you're going to be disappointed. Um, You know, over the last couple of years at Site Visibility, we've worked on a few sort of predictive models to kind of indicate broad ranges of potential SEO success. And we do that by kind of taking your current rankings, estimating potential improvements in rankings we could achieve, estimating the click-through rate of those improved rankings and applying that to traffic data. Ideally, traffic data where you've already got some traffic, so it's like you're in position 10, you've got 10 visits. If you're in position 5, you'd get this. Or sometimes using the tools within uh, like Google um, um, Google Keyword Research tool and then kind of multiplying that by your conversion rate and then your average order value to try and um, get an idea of what that could be worth. But it's far from foolproof. Um, You know... But it can be a good indicator of potential, and we kind of go two-ended. So this is maybe, you know, your success could be somewhere between X and X times 10. Um, But, you know, the best case scenario you've got there is an indication it's not a forecast. And, um, you know, it helps you give a sense of the potential scale, but also you've got to use that to try and understand how much you should be spending. So if the forecast is predicting that you could increase your revenue by 250 grand, don't assume that 200 quid's worth of spend is going to get you there. Right. You wouldn't assume that 200 quid advert and a paper would get you 250 Ks worth of business. So you need to think about it from that perspective as well. Um, How do you measure ROI um, is my final question.
0: I I would have said with with great difficulty. Well, it isn't
1: in some senses. So in principle, it's really, really easy. Right. So it's your return. Mm. So how much you made minus your investment divided by the investment. It's a simple sum. In reality it is much more complex, right? So, are you measuring your return based on profit or revenue? Um, I think a lot of people measure it on revenue, when actually it doesn't really matter if you're not, you know, profit potentially is a better indicator as well. What about incremental sales um, or leads, you know, or total leads?
0: But how do you know that the increment in sales you've got is due to the you don't SEO?
1: You don't, and I mean, you can do return on investment in terms of overall of, of a digital marketing campaign. Mm. It's a little bit harder to kind of break it down. So, yeah, what about cross? channel attribution um what about seasonality or sales having an impact you know promotional sales or you know more immediate campaigns you've taken um but while you may struggle to find a perfect answer to that question it doesn't mean that you should ignore it right um just because you can't accurately you know assess the complete picture or success of a campaign um, that doesn't mean it's a bad thing you should be looking at what your return is and what you've invested. Um, and even if you can't isolate that completely, just because you can't find the perfect return on investment doesn't mean you shouldn't be estimating it. As long as you appreciate the flaws in the number, right, it might not be perfect. But at least if you're kind of trying to understand, what did it cost me? What did I get? Is that worth it? And I think too many people go, just go, what am I getting? Is that worth it? They miss that what did it cost me bit. And it doesn't matter how good that second bit is if you don't understand the first bit. If you've got to spend 10 grand to get 10 grand in, that's not good. That's not good maths. It doesn't matter how good that 10 grand number is that you've got in if it costs you 10 grand to get it. So yes, you might not be able to measure it perfectly. Yes, there's all kinds of flaws in working out return on investment because of this complicated world that we live in. But that doesn't mean you should be trying to estimate and trying to understand a little bit better what it's about.
0: Good stuff, Calvin, as he sits back from his seat.
1: Yeah, it's a short episode, but I think they're kind of really important questions, and ones that I'm asked very frequently, which I hope either has given you a perspective on kind of where search is headed, um, or potentially if you're asked those questions by your clients or your bosses, you've got a good answer to them now as well.
0: Very useful to know the answers to those questions, because if, if you're an SEO expert and you're at a party and someone says, "Oh, what do you do, oh, I'm an SEO person... Normally they, how they how go away. It. They
1: just wander off and go, oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> well, I'll go know. talk to someone else. Now you know no? how to answer
0: those questions. <laughs> okay, uh, Kelvin, uh, do you know what we're covering next? Yeah, time?
1: I'm going to be talking up next about um, some general trends for the future of um,
0: SEA. Looking forward to that. So I've been Andy White. And I've been Kelvin Newman. And this has been Internet Marketing, brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. See you next time. Bye. If you're outside of the UK, it's plus 441273256150. If you're inside the UK, it's o one two seven three two five six one five zero. And you can leave a voice, comment or question and we'll play it on the show. Also, we would absolutely be delighted if you would give us a, a rating on iTunes itself. Well, that's it for now. Andy White signing off until next week on Internet Marketing.
1: What's new in podcasting? Here's what
0: we love, courtesy of ACAST Recommends. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being completely straight mm-hmm. and 10 being completely gay, what number are you? Um. You know, I don't think that you should rank how gay they are. I guess, I, you know, that's just a little of a red, just a flag for me. Come on, come out a weekly podcast where real lesbians tell their real coming out stories. You can find Come On, Come Out on your favorite podcatcher out now. Go listen. ACAST
1: recommends.